2 Peter 3, 14-18 Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And who else would we bring in to pinch hit the last reading <laughs> of Second Peter but Jenny Mack, oh, the, the people's it, favorite, okay. Jennifer McClish. So as the applause are dying down, um, you know, I think one of the loudest amens we can possibly give, we give to this passage mm-hmm. where Peter says, some of the stuff that Paul writes about in his letters is hard, hard to, to understand. understand. <laughs> I love it. I'm like um, Peter. Took amen. the words right out of my amen. mouth. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Paul, Paul's a little confusing. Yeah. Uh, straight from Peter's mouth. I love it. But, uh, you know, he, he, this is just another one of those things where it's like, dang, this sounds like it was written to us like uh-huh. today. Yeah. You know, it sounds like Peter's church to Atlanta. Um, Cause uh, it just even evokes thoughts of like how, um, we see, and this is not like a one side of the spectrum or the other. It's like both kind of sides of the spectrum that air mm-hmm. away from God. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of through twisting, uh, especially some of these new Testament epistles. Like, yeah. And so, um, really fascinating, um, sort of yeah, nothing, call out that Peter's nothing new under to. the sun, I know. nothing new <laughs> under the sun. Um, yeah. Paul's letters have been misused from day one. Right. Right. But there's a lot more in this passage um, and a lot of really good stuff. So, um, Jenny Mack, with no further ado, yeah. will you uh, help us understand what's going on okay. here? Okay. Well, um, I love, and of course he says, therefore. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's it there for? What's the therefore there for? <laughs> but um, talking about, I know. But basically, he's, you know, this is like a great paragraph on um, waiting mm. and waiting for the return of Christ. And what do we do while we're waiting? Um, why why are we waiting so long? All the things. And um, he just, each sentence has a lot um, that we could talk about. But even just that first one about what to do while we're waiting to persist in seeking um, purity and um, being at peace, that just just thinking about those two things, like the, what should I spend my time doing? Persisting in purity, thinking about um, the holiness of God, how desirable that is. Mm. Um, just, you know, that, that kind of moral purity that's beautiful, not um, the kind of moral purity, quote unquote, that is like, ugly you know mm-hmm. which is probably more what we see on the sure you know yeah on the um purity movement type yeah stuff. or even just like the you know tribal uh, people yeah. thinking they have yeah virtue signal exactly sort of all the stuff, stuff. Yeah. everybody thinks they are the more most more moral and yeah. um, perfect and seeing the other as other and then mm-hmm. just thinking how god's purity god's moral purity is beautiful i mean mm-hmm. it's completely set apart it's completely yeah. other other than anything that we can imagine but it's also the thing that we most truly desire at 
you know, the deepest core of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like wouldn't, wouldn't you just love for someone to be like, stand up with clean hands and like proclaim truth. And yeah. you'd be like, man, I can believe this person. Also, they have no hidden agenda. Also, that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this is Jesus. Yeah. So um, this is the kind of purity that we're supposed to be um, pursuing this kind of holiness, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love that he even brings in that thought of without spot or blemish because it completely, you know, makes you think of the sacrificial lamb. Mm-hmm. And then you think immediately, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Um, so, of course, yes, I want to be found by him um, doing the things in keeping with believing in him, you know, when he returns. And just what a prophetic thing that would be to the world around us, you know, as we're waiting for his return, mm. if we truly sought this kind of purity. And if we sought this kind of peace, like where you're just like the most staid, solid person mm. that anybody ever knew because you're completely at peace with God. I mean, mm-hmm. your mind has stayed on him, right? He keeps him in perfect peace. Absolutely. So those are like really awesome things to dwell on there, but then he moves on Yeah. to, <laughs> to even going. better things. I know. Yeah. I love, you know, verse 15 um, this morning before recording, uh, I was just reading this and kind of turning it over. And verse 15 was just like so powerful to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, he says, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation, mm. just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you. Um, that whole idea of count the Lord, the patience of our Lord. And the, in the context of the book, the patience that he's talking about is God tarrying or, you know, delaying yeah. his return. Um, so, and, you know, just in case you missed it or you forgot, um, you know, he says in verse eight of the same chapter, um, well, I'll, I'll go to verse nine. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as of his return as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but mm. that all should reach repentance. And so that is this patience that um, God is delaying um, in order that, uh, you know, those people written in the Lamb's book right. of life would turn to him. Right. And so... I was really convicted by that because the more I've thought about it, you know, I, I feel like there's kind of two ways that I've primarily related to the thought of Jesus returning. Mm-hmm. One is me being frustrated and impatient and like doubtful. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the Lord said he re- would return. A lot of the biblical authors seem to think it would be a lot sooner than, you know, 2023 or whatever. <laughs> right, right. So like, you know, is this ever going to happen? And kind of mm-hmm. having the mentality that Peter outlines here of the the scoffers uh-huh. who say like, you know, that's not going to happen. It's been yeah. the same since the beginning of time. Right. So like I, I've been uh, predisposed to kind of take up that sort of scoffy, doubtful mm-hmm. mentality or um, on the flip side of the coin, um, me sort of enjoying God delaying his return or wanting God to delay mm-hmm. his return for totally selfish means. Like I remember when uh, Jen and I, you know, we dated for yeah. five and a half years before we got married. We met when we were, or we started dating when we were 16. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, much to my shame, <laughs> very much remember thinking like, God better not come, come back, back before, before my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll be so mad person, if I never yeah, get to go on a honeymoon. Yeah. Like, Man, yeah, exactly. 
but you know like especially for people my age and kind of in my age bracket like i think that that's like super real is like yeah i want jesus to come back but like maybe i can have a family first yeah. you know like maybe yeah. i can like yeah enjoy life a little bit more right, before I, ha right. I have to go to the new heavens and new earth yeah um and you know it's like that's understandable but sad and, yeah. and um i don't think it's all i mean you know obviously he's given you these um, you love life like you want to yeah. live the life yeah. it's like we are made for this world mm -hmm. and this life and so there's a part of it it's like it's completely normal to um, yeah. desire those things and enjoy them so much that you're like yeah I want to but then when you compare it to being you know in the presence of God without mm -hmm. sin and like everything finally coming to um, you know just being made glorious you're like okay yeah Wait, yeah. this doesn't this doesn't compare so. totally and, and you know i think a lot of that comes down to a right understanding of what like heaven is mm -hmm. um because you know i like the image of a novel and we really kind of tend to view like our life or this age as like the the novel and then kind of the new heavens new earth is the afterwards yeah um you know it's the denouement it's right like right the, well, and then that, yeah. they joined the choir loft of the angels <laughs> and stood there in robes and sang for eternity right and so of course that understanding or any like tangential understanding would lead you to this point of like well i hope that i have a good amount more time to enjoy yeah, like actual life, life before i have to go yeah. you know yeah do that but it's also better than hell. Right. So I guess I'll take it. Right. But like Barry and I talked about, um, you know, in verse 13, that new heavens, new earth in which righteousness dwells. Mm -hmm. And the idea of like, we, we can t tend to think of righteousness as this stuffy moralism. Yeah. Um, that we like have to subscribe to. But I used this image of, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, um, my friends, uh, James and Bailey, their wedding and like, the rehearsal dinner was on this farm in North Georgia, yeah. surrounded by mountains. And it was just like this chatter of friendship and laughter amazing. and amazing home cooked food. Right. And like just, it was everything about it was beautiful and yeah. like right. Yeah. You know, like nothing yeah. was like out of place. Nobody was like exactly. sinning against another person exactly. there, like outrightly at least. Yeah. I and, mean, that's uh, what we were saying in the beginning. Like, so it's you like, truly desire, yeah. at, at our core, we do desire righteousness and holiness. Exactly. And, and it is the thing so we're it's made like for. That, it's like if we have that understanding, if we like orient ourselves towards like what the beauty of God and yeah. a, a world of love, you know, a famous theologian says that heaven, he has a book called Heaven is a World of Love. Oh, yeah. And like that idea, if it really like sinks in, um, then it, it reframes that. But back to like what Peter is saying is um, we long for it and we hope yeah. for it. And like none of these lesser earthly things stand in the way. And yet as God delays, um, we can have our eyes towards the fact that he is delaying out of patience Yes, because uh, salvation is still at work. Right. And yeah. that's such a beautiful thought to think that we can experience that life. I mean, you know, it's like, this is eternal life that you know the one true God totally. and Jesus Christ whom he sent. Like we can experience this. We can we can uh, work towards personal holiness. We can fight our sin and grab on to this beauty that you just described um, now and invite other people into it. And you kind of get the sense of what Peter is saying we should be doing with our waiting, this waiting mm -hmm. time. Like this is not a, 
this is not a um, a sorrow. This is not a sadness. This is not an impatience. This is um, we get to start enjoying this now. Mm-hmm. Why would why wouldn't you? Um, it is going to be a fight, obviously, in this broken world. But yeah. like, do that and then enjoy the fact that other people are being invited into it because we can share it. And like you said earlier, just like a moment of worship. I'm like, what a great God. I mean, he's so, I think this really highlights too, like his posture of grace towards us is not just in his response to sin. It's truly his, just this goodness that he pours out on creation that we were ever Mm -hmm. able to enjoy this in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then that he went to such lengths after the fall to ensure that people could still um, know him and be saved. And that he's doing that even now. I mean, that just points to his, I mean, he's just so like aggressively good. Mm-hmm. It's aggressively yeah. <laughs> good. He's magnanimously good. He's magnanimous. He's great. Yeah, all the. <laughs> Absolutely. But anyway, it's a really worshipful um, thought. It is. Awesome. And it's yeah. a good word to like, you know, one of my favorite uh, changes that I've seen since coming on staff at Christ Covenant is. Um, our Monday morning staff meeting used to kind of be this time of like assessment where we'd like talk about oh, right. the yeah. worship service yeah. and do like, some calisthenics. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> calisthenics, whatever D's is feeling up to. And, uh, you know, paper playing. I mean, I don't know. Games. But like, you know, a lot of the time would just be spent like critiquing like, oh, like I thought that the text on that slide was too small. I thought like whatever. It was kind of an ops slash. Yeah. yeah, And it was just like we'd get into Monday morning, just jumping straight into the semantics of like church stuff, which you got to do at some point. But the one of the changes that's happened uh, just to let everyone in behind the veil a little mm-hmm. bit is Monday mornings. Like we start our meeting by worshiping together. And then, uh, we, you know, Jordan asks everyone, how have you seen God at work? Yeah. Uh, in our service yesterday and th- this past week and people just like always have these amazing, amazing updates stories. of yeah. like evangelism and like discipleship things that are happening where God is like changing lives. And, I know for me, I'm sure for all of us, it's been this very like rejuvenating thing every yeah. week. It's an amazing rhythm. And what it's helped do for me is like understand Second uh, Peter 3.15 more of mm-hmm. like, you know, I can see like in this in-between like intermediary period that we're in where we wait, we wait for the return of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like see God doing salvation in our church setting. Yeah. And that's just like our, our little yeah. dot in Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, and so we have to be like in tune with the work of the Lord because we're, if we're only in tune with our own lives, then the return of the Lord is either going to be frustrating or it's going to be like we don't really want it because we want to keep doing our thing. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's such a great recalibrating, which I think also just like leads to the end of this passage where he says, so then so take care not to be carried away, but like grow in grace and the knowledge of Jesus our Lord and Savior, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, ends with a doxology, like yeah. to Him be all glory. Like Come it's on. just the uh, the uh, the um, natural progression of these kinds of thoughts would lead you into this amazing statement at the end. Absolutely, absolutely, and just this commendation, which we probably don't have time to jump too deep into this, but um, following time out, like these people twisting Paul's teaching, um, you know, it's this commendation to be careful not to be carried away uh, by the error of those people. 
and I love this phrase and lose your own stability. Yeah. Um, there's this call to be stable. Right. And I do think that that is like a, that's sort of a moving thing to, to meditate on is like, am I, am I a stable person <laughs> in my faith and in my yeah. understanding? Obviously there's this understanding that we as humans are fickle and frail, sure. but, um, you know, do do we actually like stand on the solid rock right. of Jesus? Well, and then Peter has given us in the previous passages, I mean, even in the first chapter, it kind of goes back to how we started this letter where he gave us that whole list of mm-hmm. things to be about, yeah. um, you know, so that we can, we can be stable so that you can, your roots can go deeper in yeah. Christ and you're building the, um, it's just like a, yeah, you're becoming more solid mm-hmm. um, and can withstand the winds of, you know, and false teaching and all the things and lawlessness and just all the things that threaten, you know, your faith, but it, it it's only stronger because you're growing in grace and in the knowledge Absolutely. of Jesus. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Man. Well, second wow. Peter has been a joy mm-hmm. um, and it's been stretching and uh, definitely encouraging and fruitful for me. And I hope for all of you as well. So uh, McClish, so grateful for you coming and sweeping up our mess inviting me this is always oh, fun man. all right well we are about to go through proverbs 11 um so if you're kind of you know we're coming off amos second thessalonians and second peter so a lot of vo- very high level conceptual theology that we've been working through uh-huh. and uh if you are feeling the fatigue of it uh, we are going to go straight down to the grassroots level hey. of a wise, practical well-ordered living. life, yeah, exactly. practical living. There you go. Um, and we'll be doing that for a little bit. So for Jennifer McClish, this is Will Carlisle, and we will see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.